any third grader who's had to draw a self-portrait can tell you it's not easy. The subtlest tweak to lips or eyebrows changes a face completely. Creating a portrait requires precision, which is why I am confounded by Mount Rushmore. From the Black Hills of South Dakota, four presidents, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Theodore Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln, gaze out of a mountainside. They are instantly recognizable, and they're big. If you want to compare George to a house, his face is as big as a six-story house. That's Maureen McGee-Ballinger. She's the chief of interpretation at Mount Rushmore National Memorial. I called her up because I needed help understanding one thing. How do you sculpt a face using dynamite? There's documentation that one of their first blasts, they used too much, the stick was too big, and they blew a boulder off over 186 feet in the air. It flew across, it hit the tramway and snapped one of the cables. So, yeah, there was some trial and error. And using dynamite wasn't even the original plan. Mount Rushmore's designer, an artist named Gutzon Borglum, I'll say it one more time for you, Gutzon Borglum, he thought he'd sculpt the whole thing using drills and chisels. But he realized very quickly that that wasn't going to <clears throat> cut it. At the rate they were moving, they'd be lucky to finish George's nose in Borglum's lifetime. The carving officially started October 1st, 1927. By October 25th, 1927, Borglum had said, we need to start using dynamite. This is a quote from Guts and Borglum. Blasting won't be used often. And to avoid cracking portions that would be used on the figures, it's used with the utmost caution. Well, it turns out that wasn't true. It was used a lot. <laughs> and what? How much what is a they, lot? Ninety percent of the sculpture was carved with dynamite. Wow. Okay, that's a lot. <laughs> Over five hundred thousand tons of rock removed with dynamite. So they were blasting every day. They were blasting every day, twice a day. It took a lot of men to make this happen. Guts and Borglum oversaw 400 workers during the 14 years it took to sculpt Mount Rushmore. They were skilled laborers. They were used to working with dynamite, and they could follow directions, but they weren't artists. That's why he needed Luigi Del Bianco. Luigi was named Chief Carver, and he's the only person that ever had that title of Chief Carver. He was not only Borglum's assistant and right-hand man who was charged with carving the refinement of expression in the faces. In other words, when you see the humanity in those faces, as if they live and breathe, that is pretty much from the hands of my grandfather. This is Lou Del Bianco, Luigi's grandson and namesake. What I remember most of all was when he would take me by the shoulders and he would say, I am Luigi. You are Luigi. Uh, and I just think that that, you know, cemented a bond between the two of us. Lou has spent years documenting his grandfather's work on Mount Rushmore and learning exactly how the blasting was done so artfully. First, Borglum made an exact model of the sculpture in his studio. A lot smaller than the mountain, but actually still pretty big. Each face was about five feet tall. 
Then he carefully measured every dimension of the model, multiplied those measurements by 12, and mapped them onto the mountain. Help me understand. So they have these points, they have these measurements, they take them up to the mountain face, and then what, do they plant dynamite, like, at that very spot? Yes, they would drill holes in the area that they wanted to remove, and they would they would cut the dynamite in different lengths. Obviously, the bigger the length, the bigger the blast. When you see photos of them doing it, it's like they're cutting a carrot, and you think, wow, I didn't know you could cut dynamite. These guys cutting the dynamite were known as powder men. They could cut like little half-inch lengths of dynamite and put them in these little detonators with copper caps that would go, would have electrical wires that would go to a detonator. And it was detonated so all of them would go off at the same time. You might have 60 to 70 shots going off at the same time. And sheets of rock would come off in, in perfect layers. Obviously, safety was a concern. So they were using this dynamite. They were using it twice a day. They were setting off these massive coordinated explosions. And, I mean, over 14 years, or I guess if they started the second year, it would have been 13 years of blasting dynamite twice a day. Were there ever any casualties? Were there any injuries? No casualties. They did have one afternoon when a thunderstorm had rolled through. And they had already placed the dynamite on the sculpture, but not all the workers had gotten off the sculpture yet. Thunderstorm hit down below, and it hit power lines, and it sent a surge of power all the way up the line into the detonator box. It opened the switch. It set off the blasting caps, which set off the dynamite. And the gentleman who was sitting right over the top of one of them He was in what they called a bosun's chair, kind of Mm. a piece of leather around the middle, and you're sitting in it like a swing, and it blasted him away from the sculpture and then back into it, and Mm. he survived. He got banged up, bumps and bruises, but he recovered. Orville claimed you could never fall out of those bosun's chairs, and, well, if there was a proof of it, it, it was that blast. Let me stop for a moment and point out How insane this is. Close your eyes and imagine dangling off the edge of the 46th floor of a building, 500 feet in the air, holding a giant drill while sitting in a child's playground swing. That's so high, you wouldn't even be able to make out people on the ground below. I mean, they had the sun beating on the back of their head. Their their face was white like a ghost from the dust. And if it was a really windy day, mm-hmm, you just had to deal with the wind moving you around and you were doing really precise work. So your, your body just took a beating. Measure, drill, blast, repeat. Most of the work on Mount Rushmore combined precise measurements with brute force. But when making a sculpture, engineering only gets you so far. And Lou says the finishing touches to Mount Rushmore were done by feel. When the blasting was done, Del Bianco brought a mask of each face he worked on to the mountain so that he could kind of... Move that expression to the larger face. That's what he was able to do. Yeah, I'm picturing him reading the two surfaces almost like Braille, like by feel. Exactly, yeah. No, I think that's a great analogy. And some parts of the sculpture were more detailed than others. For example, how do you make an 11-foot-wide eye look human? If you look closely... There's a secret in the design. 
usually prior to this, uh, an artist carving an eye would make it concave or convex, one way or the other. Borglum carved the eye but left a stand of granite right in the center, a post. So as the light moves across the sculpture during the day, the shadow of that post changes. So it looks as if the presidents are looking in different directions at different times of the day. That's a stroke of brilliance. It's like a sundial. Yes, very similar. And yes, it was a stroke of brilliance. Is it fair to say that it would not have been possible to carve Mount Rushmore without dynamite? Yes. It would have just taken too long. In 1941, Borglum died. The U.S. entered World War II, and construction on Mount Rushmore halted, as complete as it would ever be. The bodies that Borglum had planned to sculpt never materialized. But if not for dynamite, the statue would look very different than it does today. It's hard to imagine three million people a year trekking out to visit the Great Nose of South Dakota. That's a great story, Lizzie. And I think it's important to mention that while many Americans appreciate Mount Rushmore for how it portrays beloved presidents, local Native American tribes have considered these lands sacred for generations. So the faces blasted into the granite don't mean the same thing to everyone. Right. Just 40 years before the construction on Rushmore began, the government granted the Black Hills to the Lakota Sioux. But that only lasted as long as it took prospectors to find gold. So there's a complicated history behind Mount Rushmore. But from an engineering perspective, sculpting it with dynamite remains impressive. So that's our dynamite story. Brian, you're going to share another surprising tale of dynamite. You bet. 